Welcome back to another episode of the Younger Days Podcast, where we create space for honest and vulnerable conversations. We're your hosts, Fuka and Milena, and we're excited to have you on this journey. If you like having deep talks with friends, you're in the right place. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. What are we talking today? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This episode is all about what we talked about in our previous episode it's brave girl era and so this is us being brave just remember that we're getting really personal with this we're getting personal but i feel like we're close now we're like besties (laughs) (laughs) we're besties and so as besties do you guys have to listen to all of our problems yes because maybe you relate exactly and this topic is something that melina and i have both gone through and i'm sure a lot of people in our generation has too what are we talking about fuka i want to know now (laughs) we're gonna be talking about situation shifts and relationships navigating those as gen z navigating those sticky situations (laughs) when it comes (laughs) she's got the giggles over here we're just trying to get everyone comfortable because it's going to be a little yeah. bit uncomfortable to be talking about this. For us, I feel like it's juicy for everyone else. This is very juicy. Like, especially- who doesn't want to hear the tea? We're not going to be spilling too much tea, guys. It's all, this is all hypothetical. Like, if you think this is about you, it's not, oh, it's not, that not at all. We're not mad. <laughs> it's not about you, so don't worry about it, okay? And if it sounds like you, keep it's Keep not moving along because it's not about you. <laughs> so my friend and I were talking about a topic uh, in which he was asking me how to deal with a situation where you know a relationship is not going to work out. And mm, that's a good question. Yeah, whether to how to deal with that. He wanted us to talk about this on the podcast, right? He did, yes. He put Perfect it in the Q and A. Perfect question. Our one and only Q and A question. <laughs> right, and so this is a hard question because when you really like somebody yeah. and you think that you align with someone, and then you get into a relationship and it just doesn't work out, it's like how do you how do you go about that? Right? How do you yeah. how do you move on from this this potential of what could be? You have all these thoughts in your head like, oh, this person could be my person. And you hold on to that. And so I had told him that something important is having a list of non-negotiables that really portray your core beliefs Mm -hmm. and making sure that you don't stray from those um, or you don't change those for a person. Um, And also writing down what you, why you believe that this relationship isn't going to work out like what what are what are some things what are some red flags even or things that aren't working out that you need to really consider when you're ending a relationship right and I feel like you've done that right where you've literally had to go back and revisit a list of things that you want yeah, I actually have a list in my notes app called Husband Material. Ooh, I love the title. <laughs> yeah. This is the material. This is what I expect. Yes, but... this is what I expect in my husband. And so if a man doesn't have, like, he doesn't need to have, like, 100% of the list. But yeah. 
the non-negotiables are things that like I need him to have and then other things in the list are like oh like what I what I enjoy little things I like done for me like things like that Um, my love language but non-negotiables are really important for me so making sure that the man that I end up with has those and I don't change them for him is important um do you you said you have a list like that too right yeah I do I actually made one last summer I think that I've seen like dating coaches give that advice that it's important to make sure that you have like you said a list of non-negotiables and just for like your own personal record to be able to go back and reference and know what it is that you want because I think it can get confusing when you get swept up by the feelings of being interested in someone and like especially when you don't know someone that well that's like the stage where you start projecting things onto them it's so easy to just throw like all the ideas traits onto them like just imagining that they do have those traits but that's literally projecting things onto a person and it's so easy to do when you don't know them that well because I think there aren't things that disprove Mm -hmm. that kind of fantasy about them but also like I've written down that list I think it's good for personal records but also in terms of like spiritual reasons they say that a great way to manifest is to write things down. It's true. So I wrote down a list of things I would want in an ideal partner because if I know what to look for, then I'll be able to better recognize them when I see them. That's awesome advice. And I guess one topic we wanted to talk to you guys about was dealing with attraction towards friends. Mm, Yeah, I think it ties into your friend's question about like, how to accept that things were never going to work out. It it just would not work out yeah. between you and a friend. That's true. And I think a lot of times people get it mixed up. Um, yeah. Like when you're close friends and you're really revealing vulnerable things about yourself or you you match each other's energies and you get along so well and you share each other's humor and you're laughing all the time and having like a great conversation and and things like that. It's really easy to, to kind of get it mixed up with having feelings for them. And, and I think oftentimes it's just you start questioning yourself. You're like, wow, like maybe this person would be really great to be in a relationship yeah. with. but. Being friends with someone, right, is completely different than being in a relationship. That is so true. I feel like it's so easy to kind of get caught up and think like, wow, I'm such good friends with this person. Like, maybe I should pursue something more with them. But just like you said, like, I think (laughs) the bar for friendships is... (laughs) pretty much on the floor compared to (laughs) the bar for relationships like it is so much higher and just because you're good friends with someone doesn't mean you'd make a good partner for that person or they would make a good partner for you yeah and I think Melina and I have both had experiences where we had to learn this kind of the hard way (laughs) um (laughs) not to reveal too much but keep them guessing yeah just really like realizing that sometimes people aren't meant to be our partners and that they're just good friends like having the same humor as someone or being able to get along for a certain amount of time does not mean that you're going to be able to go through all of these trials and tribulations (laughs) of a relationship yeah yeah 
I feel like maybe part of it is that when you're friends with someone, you feel a certain amount of comfortability, Mm. comfortability, comfortability. Um, (laughs) You feel a certain level of comfort with a person. (laughs) (laughs) You made up a name. You literally made up a word. You know what? I was an English major and Shakespeare made up a lot of words, so I can too. Um, I feel like <laughs> when you're friends with someone, like you, f- you have this certain level of comfort that you don't have with maybe like acquaintances or like, you know, people that you have to put in effort to get to know. So I feel like that level of comfort that you have with a friend makes you feel safe with them. And I think it's easy to think like, because mm-hmm. you feel safe with someone, like why wouldn't you want to try to pursue a relationship? Right. But that is some tricky territory. <laughs> it is tricky. I think the tr- thing is a lot of people get into relationships from friendships which is why this is such a hard question to ask yeah that's true but really just thinking about your list and being and being honest with yourself about whether they have everything in the list and whether this friendship is worth like jeopardizing whether it be okay to lose if you because once you're in a relationship i think the dynamics change the dynamics definitely change and I think it's something that's really hard to get back to because of the the boundaries that get a little bit like it it changes when you're in a relationship right I think it's so hard because like just because a person is interested in you that doesn't mean that you should then be interested in that person. Like sometimes it might be easy to kind of think like, oh, well, if they like me, like some people, and you know, I've been there before. <laughs> I've been there before. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's intriguing, right? Like it's flattering to know that someone has feelings for you and that they like you for who you are. But like someone liking you isn't the only reason why you should like suddenly jump into trying to be in a relationship with them. That's true. Just because you're lonely does not mean that you should be with somebody that's not right for you and honestly we have a big friend group <laughs> and we've all been we close do. for a while and one rule that we tried to establish was that would be that no one would be catching feelings that it does not work out like yeah, our dynamic no dating in the friend group there you go we have repeated that multiple times has that rule always stood the test of time no it has not (laughs) if we're being real (laughs) yeah not to throw anyone under the bus or anything or reveal anything but i think that friendships can get messy like in the friend group even if it's not like particularly you i think it changes the whole dynamic of the friend group especially if things don't work out the boundaries can get crossed um and so just thinking about all of this before pursuing a relationship with a friend is important also you have to think about whether like for me on my list is being able to communicate like really well like 
having that communication, knowing exactly what's going on and our feelings for each other and what we both want is really important. So if you don't have good communication, I don't think that a relationship is going to work out because two people are wanting two different things and it's a constant guessing game. You know, it's like you don't really know what's happening. Um, And I think, I think good communication looks differently between friends versus between two people in a relationship. So like another way in which like, even though you work out as friends, that doesn't necessarily mean that it'll work as a relationship. Like a lot of my friendships are very low maintenance. Like we don't really need to talk every single day or be talking all the time. That's how you and I are. Yeah. So um, we have the same relationship, even if we don't talk for like a week or weeks on end. That's so true. I feel like I feel like um, friendships are best when they're low maintenance. I see. I think I've seen people talk about that, where it's like you actually do want friendships that are low maintenance in the sense that you really don't have to put in that much work and effort to make sure that you guys are on good terms. If you do, and like you're always kind of having arguments and stuff, like that's not what a friendship should consist of. It's like kind of less commitment than being in a committed relationship with someone. But like on the flip side of that, it seems that it's better if relationships are high maintenance. They seem to be a lot of work. I can't speak a lot from personal experience because <laughs> I've never been in a, in a really in a serious relationship. But I mean, do you think that's true that relationships are should be high maintenance in the sense that like you kind of constantly have to work on it right oh yeah 100 percent um i was in a three-year relationship with my previous boyfriend and we were long distance so that requires even more effort to communicate because we don't see each other every day and so i remember in freshman year we really struggled with keeping in touch and communicating because we were so busy and making our own friends and having two separate lives that but like we promised each other that at the end of the day we would talk for an hour and um just catch each other up and that really just that expectation lasted for those three years we talked every night for an hour and it just it just allowed us to really connect even though we were like far from each other and so being able to communicate your expectations and what you want in a, in a relationship is good when both people are on the same are on the same like level and understanding. Well, I feel like also something that I wanted to mention is that like you need like an or at least I mean I do. I need like a an emotional foundation when it comes to wanting to pursue something further with a friend i feel like just how we talked about like just because you can relate with someone in a friend way doesn't mean like you can or you're capable of understanding each other in a deeper way in which is necessary for being in a relationship like and i just feel like a lot of the guy friends I've had like just aren't there kind of like emotionally I feel like there's kind of honestly kind of a hot take but I feel like there's a gap between men and women when it comes to emotional maturity like or if that's not politically correct emotional 
development or emotional intelligence. Yeah, none of the guy, any of the guys listening to this, we are not personally attacking you. It is yeah. backed by science that men mature later than women. I actually read a study that said that men are said to mature 10 to 11 years later than women, which means that while women reach proper maturity by 30, men reach that by 40. Which, oh, gosh, kind of scares me. That is really late. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's like it's true. Like even like people people said that when we were younger, like girls started to mature physically quicker than boys. Like you can see kind of <laughs> during the preteen years how girls suddenly get taller and it's not only like physically maturing, but also I think that has to do with like an emotional maturity that happens like at a quicker pace for women biologically speaking than compared to men that's true i mean i think it's i think it's just because society has really it's kind of toxic but a lot of men believe that they're not allowed to show their emotions or it makes them less of a man to cry or to show that they are struggling and i think it's because of society's expectations of men that they have to be the strong macho person that uh, deals with struggles on their own and doesn't have to like doesn't have to deal with um, dark like emotions like honestly they internalize it and I've seen a lot of times that when people in general internalize their emotions they bottle it up and they eventually explode and they'll like burst out in anger or something like that and so yeah, I think it's because of how, like, our society really makes men um, deal with emotions in this way. Yeah, I just, I've been noticing recently, like, I don't know, I think especially because we both, like, are pretty open about feeling like we're on, like, this healing journey. It has to do with, like, bettering, our, bettering ourselves both emotionally and, like, spiritually, too. Like, trying to become better people on the inside and people that we can really say that we're proud of, our, of, of ourselves. I just feel like there's kind of a disparity between men and women or maybe it's a generational thing like for example if you look up like the hashtag like healing or healing journey like on tiktok or instagram most of the content that you're gonna see is made by women i think like honestly the only men who post about like healing or like going to therapy are like licensed professionals <laughs> other than that like the women yeah like they're talking about like personal experience with healing and personal struggles where you really don't see like guys talking about their struggles on social media yeah i think that somewhere along the way men internalize the message that they're not allowed to or maybe they act they really aren't allowed by society in whatever ways that looks like for them they're not allowed to express themselves yeah or that no one will care or that like people won't care about what they feel like people don't 
simply like I've heard one of my guy friends say people don't care about how I feel like why would anyone want to listen to that wow yeah no I've had a guy tell me that he doesn't believe in therapy that he believes that men should work on their issues themselves and like to me that really like that doesn't make sense it's like you're stuck in a loop because how is one person expected to be able to figure out all of their problems on their own like I feel like you're kind of cheating yourself in a sense Mm -hmm. like why would you not take the help of a licensed professional when dealing with emotional problems or whatever it is that you're struggling with yeah and for me I think that a man that can show their emotions and show when they're struggling and crying is attractive I think that that really shows his emotional intelligence when he's able to express how he's feeling and not put a guard up or not deflect and say he's fine when he's not like I think that that's really attractive to be able to open up and be vulnerable because it's hard and it just shows that like he is emotionally mature and honestly like I feel like if a guy is not comfortable talking about his emotions that makes me feel uncomfortable talking about my emotions it's like whoa wait a minute like why are we Mm -hmm. putting our walls up like it kind of sends the message to other people like if I don't feel safe expressing myself then maybe it it, it's not safe expressing yourself and I think so on the other side of that like that's why it's, it's so important to express when you're struggling and like one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast in the first place like talk about things that are uncomfortable and hard to go through and uncomfortable saying out loud quite frankly but I think that just goes to show like the importance of working on your own emotional intelligence and your own emotional development because if you haven't been able to i've heard the the saying i think it's like kind of popular on social media now but like people can only meet you at the level and depth at which they've met themselves so like it's not that you're too deep or too much or too sensitive or too emotional it's that other people or that those people are not able to recognize and acknowledge and deal with their own emotions. So how could they even begin to comprehend or have empathy for your emotions if they don't know themselves at that level? I'm so glad that you said that because I think I needed those words during the times mm-hmm. when I felt too much for somebody. Like you're not you're not too much for somebody when you're yeah. expressing your needs. Right. If you're if you're communicating your needs in a healthy way and a person is just not handling it, they're shutting you out, they're they're burdened by what you have to say, then I don't think it's they're the right person. Yeah. You You know, that kind of reminds me of the saying that has been thrown at me since I was in high school and that I kind of have a problem with and more and more people are having or disagreeing with the idea of the phrase if he wanted to he would I think like just because you have the desire for example to support someone emotionally doesn't mean you actually have the tools to be able to and I think like similarly I think saying just because he wanted to he I mean if he wanted to he would isn't always 
true because someone could have the desire to pursue things further with you or like be in a relationship with you. That doesn't mean that they can or that they're capable of it or that they can even admit it to themselves. You know, like we've seen that with our first episode talking about things like um, attachment theory. I think there's more than meets the eye. There are more things that are happening behind the scenes that you might not even be aware of. Someone could be struggling with childhood trauma, with unhealed wounds, with anxiety, depression, whatever the case may be. And so I think it's not necessarily about relying on not just his, but anyone's, hers, or their level of desire in order to make a relationship happen. I think it's more so capability than desire. Hmm, that's so interesting you say that because a lot actually my friends and I say that a lot like if he wanted to he would and I didn't think about it from your perspective because I guess what we always thought is that if somebody really wants to make a relationship work or if he really wants to be with you he would right yeah but I think a huge part of that is just communicating like communication is really important like even if a person is really able to communicate his emotions then we wouldn't we wouldn't be stuck in a place where we would be confused about where he what he feels about us right so even if he wanted like even if he wanted to we would know that he wanted to because he would be able to express it to us yeah it's it's frustrating because in in my personal experiences have shown in a couple different cases where i know he wanted to but he couldn't like I've been in situations where I've dealt with people who are emotionally unavailable and like, and I've been in that same shoe. Like I've talked about like wanting to pursue a relationship, but just not being there yet, like not being emotionally ready. So I feel like desire to be in a relationship with someone has nothing to do with, like I said, capability or actually being ready for that stuff. That's true. And I think that kind of transitions to another topic we want to talk to you guys about. And that's about situationships. Mm. So Melina and I have had experience with situationships. And I think situationship is something that is like a recent term in our Gen Z and our Gen Z generation. I remember that term first finding out about that term in high school like halfway through high school and honestly I was so glad when I heard that term because like I felt like oh my gosh finally it's defined like this weird limbo in between like you're definitely not just friends but you're definitely not in a relationship because that is not what a proper relationship looks like but somewhere in between it's definitely like being stuck in limbo because you don't know mm -hmm. how to get out of it but also you don't really want to get out of it <laughs> at the it's same time so confusing like it hurts so good <laughs> <laughs> no it really does which is why I was in one for like a year and a half which is embarrassing Damn. but honestly okay. we, we learn yeah I actually didn't know that term until I was in a situationship mm. and situationships like tend to last a while they are like kind of like a romantic but like or it could also be like a sexual relationship that yeah. isn't labeled or considered to be formal so like you're not like just you can be exclusive but you're not dating 
like you're you don't have that label as a girlfriend or boyfriend so it's very confusing on where these boundaries are because they're not defined yeah or you know like you're just stuck in <laughs> kind of a communication loop where all you do is stay in constant contact with someone but you know, it's more than just texting a friend, but it's not actually being in a relationship and like spending time with each other. It sucks. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that like I'm out of those situations, but mm -hmm. I think it's easy for people to fall into, especially high schoolers, like That's when true. you don't know what is what. Um, so I think it's it's good to like define these things and hopefully like realize like, oh, wait, like the situation I'm in right now isn't healthy, like going yeah. back and forth like a freaking yo-yo, like that's not good for you. I think I I think I actually just read something that talked about how when you're in uncertain relationships or you have this uncertain dynamic between you and another person like usually in a romantic sense you actually get higher levels of dopamine when it's like uncertain and like rocky and kind of back and forth i think that's probably that makes sense honestly why it's so addicting and hard to get out of oh my goodness place. melina when i tell you that that's the reason why i couldn't like first leave the situationship was because of how addicting it was it felt like a drug it was like highs and lows and yeah. like just constant it was so turbulent like i think it was it never felt completely stable or safe and that's what a relationship should be yeah. your person should be your safe place it shouldn't be it shouldn't be extreme butterflies on one end and then just absolute chaos on another end right like it shouldn't be these crazy emotions and i think that that's because a situationship doesn't define boundaries so you're constantly guessing what what the person the other person is doing whether you're going to be in a relationship whether this is just casual and this can work if two people are on the same level of what they want if it's like just casual they both really don't want something serious but if some one person wants something more, it could get toxic fast. It falls apart. It falls apart. And I was the one that wanted more. And so he had told me that he was not ready to be in a relationship. And those are very common words that I feel like a lot of people have heard when they're in a situationship is one person being like, I'm not in the right headspace. I'm not ready to be in a relationship or they just got out of a really long relationship and yeah i had thought that i could change his mind i was so focused on what could be and and this potential of a relationship that i had held on for way too long and when somebody tells you that they're not ready to be in a relationship take that at face value that is so true like i think i've had to learn that the hard way too like if someone says that like it's not going to work out between the two of you like then it's not like i don't care if the reason is differences of religion you know differences of culture or race or sexuality even like you know one person doesn't want to come out the other person's already out like if someone 
tells you or has said, like, given you a reason why the two of you aren't going to work out, believe them. Do not think that you're going to change their mind because you probably will not. And you will be disappointed and hurt in the future when you have to learn that lesson. And so how did, how did you, like, how did you deal with that? How did you get yourself out of that? Because I feel like a lot of people could be currently stuck in a situationship and, like, it's like, on one hand, they consciously want to get out, but subconsciously Mm -hmm. they want to stay. (sighs) I mean, it took me a year and a half, so I guess I'm not really the best person to ask because it shouldn't take you a year and a half for you to decide that you really want to be with someone. Um, I learned my lessons and I learned about setting boundaries and what my expectations are and how a relationship should be. I think that things just got so toxic and so unhealthy that I just, it just wasn't sustainable anymore. My mental health, it was just terrible. My um, self-esteem was on the floor. Like this, it just absolutely drained me. And my first boyfriend was amazing to me. And he, he really taught me what love should be like. He was, he um, passed away a few years ago. And so that's been a whole other healing journey and as is, but he really taught me about how to like be loved and to work on things and to have good communication. Um, and it was a really healthy relationship. So I knew exactly what love should have been like, but I've never had to deal with someone being like a, tr- like a roller coaster. Like I, I feel like with kind of being stuck in a dynamic that you know isn't healthy. I think at times, like when you know something isn't good for you, but you honestly like can't be convinced otherwise, I feel like sometimes it takes like a last straw moment. Like I feel like you yourself, you have to finally feel like, you know what, enough is enough. Like that's happened with me. I know that that's happened with you too, right? It's just... Um, I was really struggling. Well, because of my anxious attachment issues, I have a really hard time letting go of people, which is why it took me a year and a half to let go finally. And it came to a point where I just couldn't, it was just something that happened that I couldn't overlook. And I had asked the universe to give me a sign that, that I had the strength to leave, like I needed to leave. And so it definitely gave me one. And I just had to be strong and I had to be brave and to do it. And even now it's, it's, it's hard. I think looking back at the situation, I still have difficulty wrapping my head around it. Um, and I'm still healing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like I can relate to that, but from like an avoidant perspective, like I, have been stuck in cycles where um, I'm in constant communication with someone um, and then it fizzles out and then it comes back again and it's kind of a yo-yo effect. And that's been a pattern with um, people. And I think that 
it has to do with my avoidant tendencies and like that feels safe for me to like keep tabs on someone but like only from a distance so like situationships like that is that used to be the comfort zone for me but I feel like I needed a breaking point in which I realized like you know what this enough is enough but also like this isn't enough for me like I'm not gonna deal with kind of going back and forth it's not healthy it's really not making me happy partially it's like just having enough and being fed up with like the same old shit like again and again but also like having yeah but also having like I think something that happens like you know the other person does something where it's like you know what that's mm-hmm. that, that's a fucking last straw <laughs> like I'm not putting up with that yeah. again like I'm tired of this and like I feel like unfortunately in situations like these like when you're stuck in something in a dynamic whether it's a situationship for me or relationships for you like sometimes it takes a last straw moment like we we're not going to pretend like you know We've both had the enough wisdom and insight to be like, I'm letting go exactly when I need to let go. Like, no, like <laughs> we've both held on for way too long, but you learn from that. You do, yeah. And I think what you should do is to, well, for me at least, is to stop giving f- like false expectations for someone's potential. I think that's what I did a lot. I was like, oh, if we were in a relationship, it would be great. Or if he, I really put him on a pedestal, I think. And and so it got kept getting my hopes up and what could be and what should be. Yeah. And I think that just circles back to like the importance of having a list of non-negotiables. Like, so when you're confused or when you're caught up, in the moment with someone you can go back and kind of like refer to a baseline of what it is that you value and what it is that you want and if they're not meeting that list then it's not going to work i think um one thing on my list is that a person has to be very open-minded and non-judgmental because we are all on different journeys and Um, I don't really want to be put in a box if we're from different cultures or we have different, you know, we have different views on something. I want him to listen and to just try to understand where I'm coming from. Um, I really like learning about other people's cultures and I try my best to be non-judgmental. It's something that I work on a lot. And so I want him to share those values. I totally agree. We actually have the same, (laughs) one of the same non-negotiables. Like I literally put down that I would want someone who is open-minded and someone who tries to understand things from another person's perspective. So they're able to listen to different beliefs with acceptance and tolerance. And I feel like for me, I totally relate on the like, tolerance of other cultures i definitely value um being able to learn about other cultures i love that our friend group is made up of different cultures that we get to share and celebrate but i think that is kind of integral to my identity as someone who's biracial someone who's 
mixed race. I'm part Dominican, part white. And so I grew up with kind of a blend of different cultures and values. And so, I mean, for me, it's like, how can I even date within my culture? Like, <laughs> I'd have to choose between two cultures. I know that there are cultures out there that don't have those same expectations. And so that's something very important for me. I would never want to have to change for someone. And I don't want someone to have an ultimatum for me where I have to change any part of myself or identity in order to be with them. That's not worth it to me. Yeah. And that's why having a list of non-negotiable things and to really know what you want is important just so that you don't get into a situationship or a relationship where you don't uh, have the same values. I think that your core values should align with somebody. If you are going to be long-term with them, you have to consider how you're going to overcome challenges and the way that you're going to raise your children. And so if I come from another culture than my significant other, I would want him to be open about raising our children with two different cultures. And yeah, so I think it's a great idea if you haven't already write down a list of non-negotiables, things that you would ideally want in a significant other. I think it's a good exercise to know yourself. It could be telling of your own values, what it is that you value within yourself and what it is that you want to see kind of mirrored in another person. So I think it's it's a great exercise for multiple different reasons. Might help you manifest someone that you want who has those ideal traits. Um, it's a great reference to go back to to make sure that someone is meeting um, most if not all of those non-negotiables. I think that about covers it. This has been an expansive episode. We, This was us being brave. We were a little hesitant about speaking about these things, but I think it's important to know that other people are going through things that you've gone through, even if you think like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like, I can't imagine anyone else would put up with this or go through this. They probably have because there are so many people on this earth. All right. So thanks guys for joining us. We hope you guys have enjoyed. And if you've related, we hope there are things, helpful things that you can take away from this episode. All right. We got to go. See ya. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Younger Days podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you use. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on TikTok at Younger Days Podcast. We hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes. Looking forward to next time.